Hello, welcome to this week's um, podcast. Welcome, uh, meanwhile, in the Falklands, I completely forgot the name of it. Then we are currently sitting in the West Store. It is a beautiful day. Um, I'm ever so sorry, listener, but there is a hum in the background, and I'm hoping that by the time we edit this back at the office, um, you won't notice it. But we've just described it as atmospheric. It is a beautiful day. Stunning. Is it not? It's yeah, very nice. The wind, there. the wind has picked up a little bit more now, but this morning, about six o'clock, half past six, it was just so still out on the narrows. Um, just see everything reflected off the water as the jiggers were coming in. So the jiggers are coming in about sort of ten to twelve of them at a time, coming into the Stanley Harbour. We'll take a photograph of it later, so you can have a look at it. Um, the jiggers are the vessels that fish for ilex squid. Um, and they're, they're not the prettiest of ships, are they? <laughs> no, they're not. No, not they're the not. Prettiest of ships, Even if they were brand new, I don't think they would be. But I suppose rust, metal, and water is what well, will go. Uh, and squid ink as well. You've got the squid ink oh, yes, going down the sides. Um, anyway, that's where Hannah is at the moment. Hannah's on a on a launch somewhere, um, heading towards one of the uh, jiggers. Um, so we should have a piece on that next week. Now. The other thing, obviously, let's start this podcast with quite a sad note in that this week there was a massive fire on board mm. a jigger north-northeast uh, of the Falkland Islands and five people lost their lives on it. Um, if you're watching along with this week's programme, it's week 416. And just to let you know, we did have access to some photographs of the ship, um, but we felt, yeah. knowing that there were five people, on board. Uh, after careful consideration, I would yeah. say we, we opted against using the photographs. Um, not all local media outlets followed the same thing, and I'm not saying they were right or we were right. Um, I just think you, we were chatting about it with someone who sometimes does some freelance work for us. Well, well you were specifically, weren't you, Paula? Yeah. He made a very good point. Um, said if you want to you want to give the example that he used as to um, Well, he yeah, he used the Grenfell Tower as a... Um, as an example, so that you you didn't see, uh, they or I think the BBC didn't show footage of the tower on fire. It, it's very difficult because as a heartless journalist, you want to say we should have that photograph. However, there are five people on board that ship still, yeah. and um, yeah, and the picture and the picture itself, the one that was provided to us, it looked quite. Potentially use the wrong word. Fresh. Uh, it looked like the fire might still have been mm. ongoing. The smoke was still really quite black. Like, I don't know. For me, it just felt too in the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, jiggers um, completely in the picture this week. Um, Fortuna, one of the fishing companies down here, are running um, some workshops over the because it's the Arlex season's just about to open. Opening some. Uh, workshops on, on jigger safety because mm. a lot of um, a lot of work has been done these past few years on safety on board these vessels um, yes mm. so used to be um, I wasn't here at the time but you could probably elaborate a bit on there a bit more Paula there was like jumping incidents oh yeah 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 there were, very often people would jump um, when I say very often that sounds like it was an everyday thing no there would be I would say probably one or two each season who would jump off the ship as they saw the Falklands and and obviously the water's not that warm round here so um, it didn't usually come to a good good outcome. 
Um, I heard as well they were thinking it was the mainland and it was trying to escape the impoverished life and the bad conditions they had on board the ships. Sometimes it was just because they wanted to contact home and say, I am still alive, and then get back on the ship again. That was all. Anyway, Katie is here with us as well, but she's munching away through a... um, Sausage hoagie at the moment, one of the delicacies at the West Door Cafe. I'm a healthy girl. <laughs> yes, I'm here too. I was going to say, speaking of which, we're all really healthy at the moment, aren't we? Oh, uh, do you know what? I really think I've positioned myself in the worst position because I am dead opposite you two. Katie, who's just getting over some kind of flu. Thomas, mm. who looks like he's just about to turn into some kind of flu. And they're right opposite me. I haven't had the flu. I've got a production in a few weeks' time. You know, I haven't had the flu since I moved to the Falkland Islands. Like, since before then. So I haven't had the flu in over two years. This sucks. Well, it was your turn then. (laughs) Indeed, it's my turn. It's my turn. So, in the news... (coughs) Sorry, excuse me. Other than that this week, what have we been looking at? Um, I've not really been working on things for the news. Um, I have been working. Not just sitting there making the place look pretty. Yeah. It is for the news, just not for. It's for later news. Um, So I went up to Darwin, and it was one of those strange things that I have found in the past before with stories where you think you're going into one story, and then you discover that actually there's a completely different, more interesting one there. So that's kind of happened, and it was really nice. It was a nice day, um, and went up there and took some nice shots of the area. which is quite good, really. It was nice. And then um, I'm going back up in a couple of weeks to do a different area so that I'm hopefully How windy was it up there? It was totally fine. See, because I'm thinking if I, if I didn't, if I wouldn't help, I should have come up with you yesterday with the drone. Yeah. Do you know what? There's two places on the Falklands that we have some kind of curse with. One of them is Darwin and one of them is Volunteers Point. And yeah. no matter what we do, with Volunteers Point, I think we've had... We've tried to do it at least four times, and mm. the footage either is out of focus, it's chucking it with rain, overexposed. it's overexposed, or we lose it. <laughs> That's really... That's a real shame, because the last one that we lost it with was Chris, and I know that his stuff, his stuff would have been good. Yeah. His stuff yeah. would have been good. But it's just completely disappeared. And then Darwin, whenever we've sort of said, right, today we're going to go and do a whole thing on Darwin, and we get there and it's just been... Yeah. Overcast and it's because it, it's such a lovely place, Darwin, and and I find it incredibly relaxing to go there um, to get away from the big smoke. Yeah, of city life here <laughs> in the Stanleys. Who was I talking to the other day? I was talking to someone yesterday about the fact that oh Bailey, about how like he's been out at Sea Lion Island and uh, he's been working there for uh, the last six seven weeks. And he was like, it's got, oh, it feels like I've got to readjust back to city life now he's back in Stanley. <laughs> and I was just like, Bailey, <laughs> Stanley's like a village. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but when you have spent the last six weeks doing outdoor tour guiding and manual labour in, um, in a place like Sea Lion Island with the stunning wildlife they have available there, I'm sure coming back into Stanley would feel like the big smog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Anyway, so in the week we have been talking about um, dyslexia because, um, sorry, you've now just put a massive piece of, um, of um, hoagie in your mouth, but we've been talking, haven't we, about um, dyslexia. And words. Mm. <coughs> and words in particular. We, I'd written the news this week and I'd r- written the word compendium, which I thought was a fairly everyday word, but um, 
Mind you, they were very, very young, the guys in our office who had never heard of it. We won't emphasise the fact that Katie put her hand up as well. <laughs> oh, did you as well? Yeah. Oh, right, OK. So the word compendium came up in our read-through, at which point um, I think I said, we've got to, we've got to tailor it to 12-year-olds, because that's the average reading and hearing age of the entire world. So we <laughs> kept compendium. <laughs> so I was like, we can't keep compendium in. I know what it means, but I was like, show of hands, who doesn't know what compendium means? Everyone else in the office put their hand up. Paula was flabbergasted. Yes. <laughs> I would consider myself quite well read. Well, yeah. but <laughs> let me just stop you there, because I've had this discussion with a couple of other people where some a, a subject has come up and they felt quite stupid mm. because they didn't know about it mm. but if you don't know you yeah. don't know yeah. Yeah. and i'm sure that you could come up with a word or something right now that i wouldn't have a clue about yeah. look at me i stopped myself saying a mustard word there yeah. <laughs> well it's I th it was really funny though and we were saying it's always the way because the, the later on that day I was listening to a book and they used the word compendium mm. and that's the first time I've ever really come across that word twice in one day it's, uh, it's so funny how that works yeah yeah, yeah. Like, no matter what as soon as you as soon as you understand like you find out this new word it all of a sudden starts popping up yeah like, hmm. yeah absolutely it'll be a hit today and um, the other thing you were talking about is as a dyslexic when you read mm because um, you were saying that you have problems or dyslexics have problems with words like the and and. Yeah, so how the majority of dyslexic people work is when they read, they picture what they're reading. Um, every single word you see it rather than um, someone without dyslexia can understand a word without having to see it, whereas a dyslexic needs to be able to picture it. Um, so a, a sentence like the brown cow jumped over the wall and then ran away. <laughs> you must away. have read exactly the same book as I had that's exactly the same <laughs> sentence that they gave. Um, the first word, the, that doesn't have any, you can't see the, and it actually makes my head hurt when I think about the word the, whereas brown, I know what brown is and then as soon as I get to cow, the brown shape moves into a cow, but then as soon as we get to the and, my head is just gone because I can't see an and. What's an and? So that's why you'll often hear people, and I know I do it, I replace words like the and and with sometimes an or a, or, I'll, or I think they're interchangeable. And for a long time when I was little, um, the words Pacific and specific. So common, yeah, common. Wrong way round, that kind of thing. So I, I think it's just if you can't picture a word, then yeah. you can't comprehend it. Really. My daughter, when she was at school, um, in, when we were in the UK, which was some time ago now, she was at school. She was an undiagnosed di uh, uh, dyslexic for a long time. She wasn't actually properly diagnosed until she was at college. Mm. But when she was at, at school in the UK, she was um, in the library and she would bring back her book and she would almost have a little panic as she spoke to the librarian. And, she'd, and the librarian would say, do you want to renew or return? And my daughter would, would stand there and say, I want to give you the book, but I don't want you to give it me back. <laughs> and so the, the librarian, who, who clearly was uh, a very patient lady and realized that maybe there was some underlying um, issue there, um, would be very gentle and say, that's, that's a return then. And, and, and never get crossy, you know. That's we'll what take, you need. We'll take the mic. Yeah, yeah. We'll take the mic. Now I want to give you the book, 
and then I want it back again. Mm. Okay, that's a renew. So, and also, I know she has problems with Dubai and Dublin. Yeah. So yeah, that's another, another. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, another. you have them written down, they look so similar. But if you think about it, you can't see a renew and you can't no. see a return. No. But also here, she was with me when I picked up my conservation ball tickets. By the way, uh, listener, if you're in the Falkland Islands in September, it is one of the top um, social occasions um, of the year. Um, I was picking up my conservation tickets and the band who were playing were called Espanglish and you've seen their logo haven't you yes. it's all sort of like mm. wobbly and some of the like letters are back to back front, to front yeah. and my daughter looked at it and said what does that say does that say Baywatch and we said no it says Espanglish she went oh and is that how it's supposed to look I said well that's how, that's their logo that's what mm. she went because that's what all words look like to me yeah they all look like they're wobbly and and I, I have such admiration for, you, for her and for you, Katie, for getting through a whole degree and coming yeah. out with a really good result <laughs> at the end. Yeah. When, was, you, when you're struggling like that. It's funny, it was, I was in third year when they realised, and it was only because I'd written this essay. Uh, got, sorry, third year of university? Uni, of uni. <gasps> yeah. And it was, they only realised because I wrote an essay and I got a D and I was devastated and went to the lecturer and she said, um, well, you, you wrote it the night before, what do you expect? And I'd said, no, I've been working on this for weeks and weeks and weeks, I promise. I've been at every lecture, have a look. And she was like, right, well, that's not right. There's something yeah. wrong with that, because yeah. this reads like you've thrown it together. Um, and then they went and checked, and it's like, it, obviously, everything's on a, dyslexia's on a spectrum, and I'm really far along it. Oh, so God. Like, <laughs> yeah. I honestly thought everybody read and the words changed places. I thought that was what reading was. It's not. I, I think just in case you were wondering. It was an extreme sport. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you get, it seems to me, I mean, I don't know whether you know any other dyslexics who were picked up earlier on in their life, that you get tested and you get told, yes, you're a dyslexic. dyslexic. So you're allowed extra time on your GCSEs, for example. Yeah. But then when you go to college, college will say, no, you need to be retested. So it's... I've heard of that before, yeah, when you kind of, they make you test over and over again to sort of prove that you're eligible for the, yeah. for the things, but I think it all depends on, and I don't know if you were maybe the same with your daughter, but I know that my parents made, without realising, made loads of allowances and covered this, um, so for example, this is probably embarrassing myself a bit, but um, <laughs> I would put my clothes on the wrong way round until I was too old to be, I was, you know, I was about nine and I would put things on, you know, um, my jumper, then my t-shirt. Okay. And um, I would only put my clothes on the right way if they were laid out in order. <laughs> so um, oh, okay. if they were laid out in the order that you pick them up and you put that on, then the next thing that I could get them on, but otherwise I couldn't. Um, and that's like if your parents are making allowances and are almost being really helpful that actually meant that my dyslexia wasn't picked up because uh, because they were helping me so much along the way with with, so, hey, with sorry with my daughter I'm not going to name her with my daughter um, she I would correct her with her with her yeah. grammar and her spelling and things like that so when she had her test at uni they said your coping mechanism is really good your grammar it's very good for a dyslexic, yeah. um, and that was because we were sorting her out as she went along. But no one, no one knew. I just thought she didn't like reading, and, and when actually there was something. Anyway, so moving on from that, 
<coughs> Thomas, who's really not feeling very well, and we are going to go I'm to the office fine. soon and get you some paracetamol, and you can you can go back to bed <laughs> while we sort this out. So uh, sorry about that. We um, we just got interrupted by a phone call. Um, Thomas, what have you been working on this week? Uh, I've touched on a few bits and bobs for the, for the news. It's mainly been, my last two weeks has been attending meetings and things like that and finding out that, no, there's no real story there. It's quite dull, so I've spent hours really over a the A dull meeting? Never. Yeah. So Never. looking into telecommunications. I was at the planning and building committee meeting this week looking at, to be fair, like planning building committee meeting was actually really interesting. I was looking at Premier Royals developments down here, their operations plant and their... That's their very plant. exciting, isn't it? So very exciting yeah, stuff. it's the start of the introduction of the oil industry again down here, which will, whether for better or for worse, change, change the islands, most definitely. Um, so it's quite cool to be involved in the beginning process of that anyway. Um, but apart from that, I have been focusing on, and I think we touched on it in the podcast last week, but the... Um, a say whale project for Falklands conservation. We mentioned earlier about the conservation ball, actually. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's that's been really good. Uh, I filmed it about a year ago, and uh, it's taken me this long to get around to touching it. But uh, it's okay. It's coming along quite nicely. Um, I'm just plucking at it here and there. Um, Realised that. Uh, no matter how cold the water is, I want to get in the water and film the whales under the water because that's the shots I don't have. <laughs> Excellent. That's uh, okay. We'll check our insurance before you go swimming with whales. Yeah, but it's, but it's essentially um, looking at the Falklands, Falklands Conservation are researching say whales, which are the fourth largest whale in the world, but also one of the fastest. Cool. Uh, very little is known about them. Sorry, I'm now picturing a whale whale race. Oh, they're the Formula Ones to see. A, natu- really? a naturalist compared them to um, uh, the cheetahs of the water. There we go. Really? They, are, they go up to. They can get up to 45 miles an hour underwater at um, for short bursts. Wow. And by short bursts, he means like 15 minutes. So you can see a whale, and it will go. The say whales will come up once, come up twice, come up three times, and then you can tell when they're diving because they arch their backs a bit higher, uh-huh. and at that point, they're gone, and you won't see them again for 15 minutes, and you can't follow them because you can be there, and then you can look over there five kilometres away, and they're just blowing over there. And like, there's no way we can catch up with them now. Now um, I remember the conversation we had because we were talking about whale blow. Yes, whether whether <laughs> blowing was an accurate. <laughs> accurate description but it is, it is, it is. Um, so yeah they're one of the least studied whales on the planet they're really quite elusive um, they don't really travel around in groups they're not the most social whale um, sometimes groups of six but often they they travel in um, on their own so solitary travelers and they don't often come around the coast they're normally in pelagics at deeper waters okay. um, so the Falkland Islands is very unique in the fact that it's one of the very few places in the world you can come and see say whales just off the coast oh wow yeah okay. so and if you want to know any more than that tune into FITV in March when I finally <laughs> finish the video um, and Michelle who works at Falklands Conservation who used to work for FITV did part one so she did the initial um, the initial research they did in Barclay Sound and I went out for the second phase and they've just started the third phase as well. Yeah. So I need to need to get this video done to keep myself in their good graces. They can yeah. take me out and with Caroline and research from Wales a pic- bit more. Pictorially it is lovely to yeah. see, isn't it? It's really nice. But like you say, it'd be lovely if we could get that underwater shot as well. It's just something to mix it up a bit as well, because mm. they're only because say whales aren't the most glamorous whale. 
Like they're not they're not like a humpback where they come out and the big splash and everyone's like, wow! There's literally you get What are they like? Wow! <laughs> You get like three or four seconds where their dorsal fin is up and then with a blow and then they're back down again and that's, that's the extent that's the extent of what you see when it comes to say whales. But they were they were hunted to near extinction uh, mm. during the whaling industry. Oh. Their numbers were reduced from two hundred and fifty thousand to two thousand. Wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah, when commercial whaling for say whales and got banned, that ended in 1977, and the numbers are back up now to about a third. So it's about 80,000 of them. But one of the biggest concerns that Caroline and the researchers have is uh, genetic diversification. Uh, when you've got a group of only 2,000 left, and now they're back to 80,000, how diverse genetically? How diverse is this oh, group? Because yes. you had a much smaller group to begin with. So are they going to be more prone to disease and things like that? So as, as especially with climate issues that we're facing. Yeah. As the world moves on, it doesn't matter that these numbers have gone up. Our say whales is going to quickly reducing their numbers because their immune systems aren't as strong. So the research they're doing is really pioneering. No one really knows much about say whales. So yeah, if you're interested in whales, come to the Falklands. <laughs> yeah, clearly, because also there's uh, southern right whales, aren't they? Are they a bit, bit more glamorous in your whole... Far more glamorous, absolutely. ...spectrum of whales, are they? Yes. Not quite as glamorous, they're not the humpbacks, no, but they're... No, no, but they're inquisitive. So if you go out, as we well know, there was a couple of kayakers that went out to see some southern right whales off the coast of Cape Pembroke about two years ago, and the southern right whales will swim up to you. And go, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> um, whereas, say whales are very shy and elusive, and Aww. if they can avoid you, they will. <laughs> if you were a whale, what whale would you be? I'd like to be a blue whale, because then I'm big. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody messes with the blue whale. <laughs> um, what about you? What whale would you be? The glamorous one. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be the humpback who keeps jumping out of the water. Yeah, sure off. off. <laughs> What about you, Paula? Which, which I, I would be a say whale, so I'd just go off on my own. <laughs> go and read a book somewhere and, and you, moan about libraries. Tell you what, you see whales blowing and you think, oh, that's so cool, they're blowing the water out. Yeah, no, that's not a mucus. Yeah. That stuff stinks. It's not, not, a, pr not a pretty no. thing. Not yeah, when, pretty. You're, when you're there filming and it's like, oh, there's a blow and it comes this way. <laughs> yes. That was a, that was a so rude for awakening. For the benefit of the tape, that was Thomas demonstrating <laughs> filming a whale and having the blow... Smack me right Smack in the face. Smack right in the face. Um, I mean, I just didn't know how much it was going to smell. <laughs> Lovely. Well, let's move on from there. Um, coming up next, I can't believe what a great day it is out here. It is here. lovely. 40 I'm mile an hour uh, winds they were, they were um, predicting today. I'm and, so looking um, forward to going back to bed and ignoring the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Whereas I go and panic that this is all you can hear is the hum. I'm so sorry, listeners. We won't be coming here again. Obviously, our, um, the hum is a lot louder than I thought it was. So um, yeah, I think it's good. We've done the Westall Cafe a couple of oh, times. Oh, talking of Hannah, so. there she is there, look. Driving along with her, oh, yeah. with her shades on. Look how cool she is. That's a wave at her. Woo! Yeah, it's yeah. nice. She's just going by now. So she's obviously done her uh, bit on the jigger and she's now going down to the town hall for the uh, briefing. Okay, very nice. Um, down there. So we're back on full rehearsals next week. Yes. <coughs> the importance of being earnest. We're just being yeah. earnest. In the town hall. Um, yes, it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot of words and a lot of a lot of rehearsing. I'm in that phase now where I'm beginning to have that panic phase, but I will come out the other end of it and feel fine again. But luckily, um, the person who 
is playing opposite me or I'm playing opposite is back in the islands. Hurrah! So I can steal him oh, is and he back now? Yeah. Yep. when did he get back? Yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, I can steal him passive. and practice. Yeah. Um, because there's a whole scene that I've not done. Um, because he's not been here. Well, this is it, you see, because I, I haven't done the handbag scene in a long time. And I know... The handbag scene. Yeah, and I know Nancy wants to do the last act because we haven't blocked it on stage or anything, yeah. but I'm more concerned about the handbag scene because... Why is the fire engine going by? Um, because... Um, I'm a little driver. <laughs> the journalist, we to follow it. Follow that, follow that ambulance. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit concerned about the handbag scene. I'm also concerned when she was looking at costumes last week, because I've only got one costume that I've made. Yeah. And I'm in two scenes that are several days apart. Oh, you need a change of clothes. So I need a change of costume, but I don't want to do a change of costume because I've just made myself. In another version that's a play, um, I know that your character doesn't change costume. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So. You could just be a Simpson character, you might just like your clothes, stay in them. A <laughs> Simpson character, love or, it. Or an Elliot Vincent. Oh, white shirt, blue jeans. <laughs> right, we're not at work, so we can't tell you what's going on next week, but I know it's National Pasty Week. Woohoo! Yesterday yeah. was Valentine's Day. <coughs> yeah. Yesterday was Valentine's and Day. Katie and I stared lovingly at each other when we <laughs> yeah. did the news. You can see we, that picture on Facebook. Yeah, we put the picture on and a nice Valentine's Day um, caption to it. <laughs> and I think the comment that was made on it by someone who's a fan of FITV was quite true. I enjoyed it. I come on. Tell us what it said. No, no, no. You consider, you say, you say, you consider say. you're the humpback in the show off. Yeah. So, uh, no, crack on. KTVT, the most beautiful thing in Falkland. <laughs> it's lovely. Isn't it lovely? Thank you. It's lovely. Whoever, whoever a fan of FITV yeah. um, commented that on our picture. Everybody needs a pick me up. So that yeah. Was nice. Especially when you're feeling a bit. Rubbish. Yeah. 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 I think it went down quite well. I think people always like it when they actually see pictures of us. Yeah. Uh, they like they so. like to see what we've been up to. But I think on social media, the pictures of us normally go down quite well. They they're the most liked ones, definitely. No, I did uh, I did share it and uh, call out your boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure that Katie enjoyed presenting the news more than she did being whined and nine by Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lucky lady. <laughs> Indeed. Right. So how was uh, how was your Valentine's Day? Oh, actually? just don't don't even start. Go on. We were talking. Paula and I were talking last night. She had a very romantic Valentine's Day. We evening. went to the Chandlery, and Steve said he was looking at the video DVDs, and I went, "Oh, we can have a romantic DVD." And he went, "Oh, I was looking at the Equalizer too, actually." Oh. So I said, oh, "That's fine because I probably I won't watch it. I'll go and do something else." So he was watching the Equalizer. I started to watch it because actually it's rather good. Um, and it's then there was a Denzel Washington, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then there was a particular scene, and I thought I just can't cope with that um, at all. Um, so I left him to it. <laughs> yeah, um, for those of you who don't know, Equalizer, very hardcore action movie. The oh, first one's right. quite good. I've only seen the trailer for the second one. But there's one particular scene that, as, uh, as Paula said, that I don't even know if it's made me want to watch it more or less. I so don't want to know. <laughs> no. And what did you do for Valentine's Day, Katie? Um, we went out for dinner and um, had a romantic meal out, which was very nice. Oh, and then, yeah, it was it was nice. There was lots of lots of other people there as well, which obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we strolled home because it was a really nice evening. The stars were amazing last night, so it was all very romantic. Yeah. And 
came back and sat in the garden and had a look at the stars and the cats joined us. <laughs> you know, the whole family was there. <laughs> what did you do, Thomas? I spent the day slash evening drifting in and out of sleep, feeling particularly sorry for myself. That's nice. Yeah, and then couldn't sleep last night. I think I fell asleep at about half past five this morning. Oh, no. So right, on that note, I think we ought to go back, go back to the office, get can, you some uh, Can we just get out my little bed. violin first? Yeah. We've a little violin noise. Look, for you, for you, listener. As I'm feeling sorry for myself. Thomas has managed to drag himself out of bed, get dressed, come down, do the podcast, and then we're going to deposit him back back home in a minute. Anyway, if you'd like to watch along this week, you need to look at episode 416. Joan Spruce's new book is in there. Ooh, if you've yeah. got any interest whatsoever in the Falklands and in Falklands um, rural life and places in the Falklands, you need to get hold of that book. Available from the museum, I think, isn't it? I think so, yes, yeah. indeed, yeah. Um, towards the end of this month, it's it's coming down to Falklands, so, yeah. 20 years worth of work has gone into that. Yeah, I know. Amazing. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, yeah, so watch along, that's week 416, um, and that's it, really, isn't it? That's all yeah. I need to do. FITV.co.fk if you want to subscribe. We are having a few issues with our subscriptions. I think Paul has fixed that. But I think I have fixed it, so you... If you do um, subscribe, you will then get a personal email from me. Oh, look at that. Yeah, Ooh. from me. Signed, Paula yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what would be really nice is if the listeners could rate us on iTunes, our podcast, so that we can maybe start bumping up the podcast and more people can reach us. That would be great. So if you enjoyed this, or yeah. if you didn't, leave us a rating and a little comment and tell us what you want to hear more about or what you what you don't think is as interesting and we can yeah. tailor it around to you. It's all about the listener. Excellent. But don't say anything about the fact there's a massive hum in the back of this one. <laughs> and we know, we know, because we know about it and we'll go somewhere quieter next week. Anyway, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Bye. See you then.